Chapter 10 Vala took him in her arms. I should not have let you go on, she said sorrowfully. No good comes for those who fear. She held him out at arm's length. But it might not signify as ill as you think, Master Gone. The bowl works in subtle ways. Subtle? Gone pulled away. What was subtle about a mailed warrior? Soon as he could, Gon escaped to the stables. His friends greeted him excitedly. Matt's been hanging around all afternoon, Hedron said. Over by the main gate, KK said. Until about an hour ago, when the guards began to notice him. Then he came in here. An empty stall, two doors down. Stood looking out the window, KK said from her current favourite rafter. Watching the gate just as though he were waiting for somebody. Then what happened? Gon said. A groom called him out. He looked for you too. You're all supposed to be getting ready for the wedding ceremony. Wedding ceremony? Gon began to run. Not too long since. Everyone whinnied after him. Anyway, you're only going up into that high gallery, so why do you have to bother? Ash Bolden gone, thought, hurrying back to the dormitory. Every wizard was jealous for his reputation. Every apprentice had been ordered to look his best, even up in the spectators' gallery. The dormitory was deserted. Gom changed hurriedly, ran up the narrow winding stair past the minstrel's gallery, already ringing with melody, and up to where the servants crowded, looking out. A splendid sight met his eyes. The tables had been cleared, and a glittering assembly sat in rows, facing down the centre of the room. Twin processions were winding up the aisle, Yurov and his train approaching along the left-hand side, Leona and her attendants along the right, toward a dais where the Lord and Lady of the Lakelands waited, Mikram Thurgoral between them. Gom nudged Arthur's elbow. What's up now? The Arthur will wed them, Arthur said, and my master will bless them. Then Lady Nasida will call for the festivities to begin, Zobie said. Gon looked around for Matt. There he was, drooped over the railing, languid, elegant. Gon studied his former friend uneasily. What had Matt been doing out there? That one was weak and slightly mm, bent. As if sensing Gom's scrutiny, Matt glanced up. Such a bore this is, he yawned, disrupting our work. Dingle smothered a laugh, turning heads nearby. Work? I should say if by work 
You mean certain females who even now give you the eye? The others snickered. Where will you meet this time, hey? Hilary held his nose. The smell of stable is not very romantic, I warn you. Gon looked from one to the other. Was that what it had all been about, down by the stables? Matt had been watching the gate, the horses claimed. But they could be mistaken. Ah, they were seeing plots everywhere. The stables overlooked both gate and inner courtyard. Meeting girls sounded far more likely than waiting for a skull thief in broad daylight and under the gate guard's watchful eyes. Gorn turned back to the glittering procession. I don't like it. Gorm set his pipe and staff down and went to the stall window. The citadel, the whole of Penlangop, has gone mad. Three in the morning, and everyone still wide awake, drinking and fooling around. The lords and ladies in the hall, the servants below stairs, even the guards on the gate. I swear, without their pikes, they'd fall flat on their faces. Not mad, everyone said. This is the wedding of a lifetime. Nay, many lifetimes. And no one knows the real risk but us. True. Except that the hierarchy knows enough to be on their toes. Yet even they seem to be as adult as the others. Oh, that Talaisin were here. Well, he's not, KK said drowsily. So what will you do? I'm not sure. But say there's even just one man out there waiting his chance to nip through. If a man could slip a wizard's bonds, he's certainly a match for tipsy guards. Once over the drawbridge and through the gate, Gom turned from the window. If only I could warn folk in some way. Well, you can't, but you can keep watch. It's your turn. As for me, I'm going back to sleep, Kiki said. Gom went to sit by the door. The stable watch was carousing also and wouldn't be back. He stared out across the empty yard. There were shadows in the spaces between lamps. One moved, he'd see it fine. A warning wicker brought him upright. The stable lantern flickered in the draughts, and boards creaked in the quiet. There's a man going by the far wall. See? Gon peered around the door. Saw nothing. There, by the inner arch. Still he could not see. But once the man went through that arch, Gong would more than likely lose him. He dashed across the courtyard, reaching for his dream sand. 
He was just passing under the shadow of the arch when he heard the soft hiss of breath. The intruder stood right beside him. The man seized Gom and put a hand to his throat. Gom struggled, but the man only tightened his grip. Gom's breath began to labour, and lights popped back of his eyes. He must do something, he told himself, quick, while he still could. He ceased to struggle, went limp. Stop! Let go! he wheezed. If you value your skull. At the last word, the man released Gom. Who are you? He peered down at Gom suspiciously. Where's that tall fellow with the sunny air? Delayed, Gom said, rubbing his throat tenderly. Tall fellow with the sandy hair. He was shocked, even though he'd somehow known all along. Uh, so I came instead. The man laughed. Ah, a squinty little squirt like you. We come in all shapes and sizes, Gom said shortly. The man grabbed him by the collar and drew a knife. Show me proof, before I slit your gizzard. Nay, you show me, by our master's command. The man frowned, unsure again. But he didn't let go of Gom's collar. Look inside my shirt, he growled. Gom pulled the man's shirt open, exposing broad, hairy chest, tattooed with a death's head. Gom swallowed. This must be the man who'd broken into Riffick's house and escaped again. And now Gom knew how he had done it. Your turn, the man said, giving Gom a shake. Make it quick. Reaching into his pouch, Gom slid his middle finger through the silver skull ring, pinched it to fit. Then he stuck out his hand. Satisfied? Here, yeah, let me look at that. The man reached out and have him see how much too big it was. Gom snatched his hand back and glanced around. You're wasting time. Do you want to be caught? The thief scowled. Where's Spindle Shanks? Has things gone wrong? Of course not, snapped Gom. You've not had a chance to mess up yet, as you did at Riffick's. Why, you... Oh, come on. Looking bored, Gom pulled the man toward the stable. Here. Yeah. The man drew back. I'm going in, not out. Gom sneered. The way's not clear. Matt'll come when it's safe. Matt! The man's eyes narrowed. 
Is that Spindle Shanks? He glanced to the inner archway. Our master must be hard up to let you lot wear the skull. Move. I'll follow. The skull thief started back across the yard behind Gon. Now Gon felt under his jacket for his back pocket, took a pinch of agarax. By the stable door was a water trough. Twelve paces away, Gon counted them off. Reaching the trough, he took a deep breath, held it, and dropped the sand into the water. Then he ran in and slammed the stable door. From the other side came a hiss, a cry broken off, then a heavy thud that rattled the whole stable wall. Still Gom held his breath, but little smoke came through. Only the smell, the harmless afterfumes. He waited, listening for sounds of the man stirring, of running feet. Nothing. Nearby horses peered over their wickets. Whatever's going on? Gom opened the door a slit, and the man fell through to lie on the floor, out cold, praise the skies. Hey, eh? What's that? Looks as though the cat's had it. <laughs> right bake more like. Gom dragged the man down the aisle and dumped him inside his friend's stall. Ugh! Stormfleet sniffed. He smells bad. What shall you do with him? Hebron said, edging back. What shall I do with Matt is more the question, Gom said grimly. You were right after all. Gom told them of Matt's treachery. Matt may have let this man into Riffick's house. Certainly helped him escape. He claims Matt wears the skull. I never did like the looks of that one, Stormfleet said, from the moment I set eyes on him in Penlangot Market, talking of home, Hedron waffled warning, look outside. Gon peeped around the window frame. Matt, stalking the shadows past the stable, going for the gate. Gom sniffed the air. Spent fumes lingered still. Did Matt know of Agarax? Its telltale odour, Gom thought fast. He must get Matt into this stall. How? Taking a deep breath, he called out, in as nearly the man's voice as he could get. Hey up! In here! 
as Bendle Shanks. Matt looked toward the stable door. Brander? Shut up, lest you want a sick gizzard, Gom said. Come in here, quick, and shut the door. Quick, I said. Gom heard the stable door open, then the sound of scuffing straw. Grandy? Here, in here. A cough tickled Gom's throat from the effort to sound hoarse. But his ruse had worked. Matt was coming. Where? What are you doing? As Matt's head drew level with the open wicket, Gom reached out and jerked Matt's sleeve hard. Matt fell inside, tripping over Grandy. Let go, he cried. What are you doing? What is this? That you know right well, Matt, Gom said. Matt straightened slowly, a wary eye on the horses. What will you do, my dear fellow? He slid out a foot, prodded Grandy delicately. Don't bother, Gom said. He won't be waking for a day or two. Matt sniffed the air. Dream sand. So it was you. I thought so. Uh, what will you do with Brandy, dear chap? Uh, you wouldn't care to tell. Gom looked at Matt in disbelief. He'll not leave Scandibar, I promise you. Not like Riffick's house. Oh, yes, I guess that. How did you do it? You wouldn't care to tell, dear fellow, he mimicked. No, I thought not, he went on, as Matt stayed silent. As for you, he fell quiet now himself. What should he do? What could he do? I thought you were my friend, Matt said hopefully. Then he stopped, his eyes gleaming. Why? You can't let them know you caught Grandy any more than you dare tell about helping Lord Lugan, he broke into a smile. So you can't tell on me either. Ha! He turned to leave, backed up again as Stormfeet reared, and Hevron blocked the door. Oh, get them off! Back! Back! I say! Matt pressed himself into the wall. Granny said you wear the scarf. I don't know what you mean. Oh, yes, you do. Have you any idea what you're into, Matt? If he didn't, Gom certainly couldn't explain. Matt spread his hands nervously. Look, dear boy. Remember how I tried to help you last year? 
gave you a good job, I did, when you were penniless. I got you one, too, with Falgan. Only you went one better. Remember that? Now you have a master, and you're well on the way to becoming a wizard. You want to throw that away? Help me move Grandy to a safe place, and he'll see you right. He'll see both of us right. He can get us wealth you'd never dream of. You don't need wealth right now. Have you any idea how lucky you are to have Riffick for master? You risk your life, your neck, for this, this scum. You are a fool, dear boy. Think back to this afternoon. The jewels, the riches. What have those folk done to earn them? They inherited them. That is not fair. I told you about my folks, didn't I? The sort of life I had? Well, I'm as clever as any of those bigwigs. Just as deserving. Come on. Use your wit. Help Grandy and me. No one need know. Gom held out his hand. Your emblem of the skull. Give it here. No, it's mine. And none of your business. I... Stormfleet kicked the wall beside him. Have it right here. Matt slipped his hand inside his shirt and pulled out a silver medallion on a leather thong. Gom stood still, hand out, waiting. Sighing loudly, Matt slipped the medallion from around his neck and threw it at Gom's feet. Gom let it fly. Now let me go, Matt said, his voice flat. You've spoiled the caper. Had your way. He laughed then. But you can't tell on me. You can't say how you did that, or you're out. He pointed down at Grandy. Matt, Gom said, promise me you'll keep clear of that sign. You must, or you will fall into peril worse than you could dream of. Uh, promise? Stormfleet neighed for good measure. Promise, promise, a dear boy, Matt cried. He sprang for the wicket, leapt through, and ran up the aisle. Promise, he called again. Promise, promise, promise. The echo 
of his mocking laughter faded away. Promise, promise, oh, promise. Promise, promise, Hebron snorted. What were you doing to let him go? You think for one minute he'll keep his word? Gom turned on him angrily. What would you have had me do then? Fix him as you fix that one, Hebron said. Scotch the snake in the egg. You heard what Matt said, Gom said sharply. Volgan has not yet done with me over Lugan. I told you that. Hebron shook his mane. Hmm, that is a thought. But on balance, Gom did right, Stormfleet said. The star thief's caught. Matt has lost his medallion. And Gom still has Volgan. What will you do with Grandy Gom? Gom scratched his head. He didn't know. But he couldn't just leave the man there, for no one would know how to put him away except... He looked up. Riffic. Riffic would know him by the skull on his chest. But how will you get Riffic down here? Stormfleet said. If he's still in the great hall celebrating. Let me think. Gom dragged Grandy out and dropped him back by the stable door. Now what? He couldn't go and tell he'd found a stranger in the citadel, because how could he know the man was one, being a stranger himself? No. The citadel people would have to discover that. He ran back down to the store. I have it, he said. I'll tell the head steward I found a man taken ill inside the stables. The Scandibar folk will come, see that he doesn't belong, and then they'll report to the gate guards. The gate guards will tell the higher-ups, and sooner or later it'll get to the wizards. Then Riffic is bound to come in and see the skull. How's that? That shall do nicely, Hebron said. Hooray! No need, Rom said. Grandy won't wake up for three days. Nevertheless, Gom hurried out across the courtyard, but he was no sooner through the arch when he pulled up. Matt's medallion! It mustn't fall into anyone's hands, for it was lightly tainted. But how to get rid of it? On a sudden idea, he ran back, took up the silver talisman, and climbing a high turret overlooking the lake, he hurled it out. Gom waited, heard the splash as it hit the water. Now it was gone into the deep currents down to Scandibar's very foundations. Satisfied, Gom briskly brushed his hands together and set off to find the head steward. Mm -hmm.